good evening and welcome to No Sleep on CWR Talk Radio. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing pretty hey. good. Bless, good. bless. Yeah, did we get everybody on tonight? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go ahead and get started. Tonight, I know that uh, we were going to discuss millennials and our role in the environment. So when I was actually uh, reading up on millennial views of the environment and what types of things are going on, I found an article that said that millennials believe that climate change is the world's biggest problem. And in the article, they stated that 78% of the people that they interviewed said they would change in order to protect the environment. So I wanted to kind of start off with that and ask you guys how you feel about um, the environment and if you do believe that climate change is the world's biggest problem or what types of things we might do in order to preserve the environment. Well, don't everybody speak <laughs> at once. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think climate change is the biggest issue that our world's facing right now, but I do believe it's probably in the top five because it's it's definitely relevant. Um, and I think it's probably seen as kind of like a partisan issue for some reason because um, Democrats see climate change is something that needs to be taken into consideration and then um, Republicans, more conservative people don't really see it as something that's even real. Um, so I don't really know why it's still a partisan issue, um, but it should definitely still be taken into consideration. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, like I, 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 at the beginning, I don't think it's the biggest issue, I think that it is like the most, it will impact the most people because it is our planet and our environment. And like a week ago, I saw someone on Facebook in Houston, they uploaded a picture, like a screenshot of their weather, and it said poor air quality. Like that's a part of a weather alert now. So it's definitely going to be impacting people, but we have to address other inequities before we could even begin to think of climate change because you have certain access to be able to change your lifestyle based on your your economic status. So, like, living in an apartment complex, you may or may not have a recycling option as opposed to if you're in a home, then you have recycling from the city provided for you and you know, things just change economically, and when we can address those things, we can more effectively address things such as climate change. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I definitely agree with the both of you. Um, I think that climate change is something that is definitely important, and it's something that needs to have attention brought to it. I think that we have bigger issues in the world that we need to address, but I don't think that climate change should really be something that's kind of kicked to the curb. And I do, um, Chandra, with something that you said with the, um, with the recycling and things, I know for me, because I grew up in Michigan and now I live 
um, in Little Rock, Arkansas. I know personally, since I've been here, I haven't seen very many recycling containers and things like that Mm -hmm. around here. And we throw away cans and we throw away, we don't have bottles closet and all that stuff. So we're just throwing plastic into the garbage. And I know being from Michigan, when I first came here, I thought it was crazy that nobody recycled because if we didn't put, you know, certain cardboards and certain different types of like milk containers and things like that, we would actually get fined. Wow. So I think it's really interesting that some places find it more important than others, I guess, in a way, because I remember I would throw certain things away and I, my dad would yell at me. Not yell at me, but he'd be like, no, you can't do that. You know, we have mm-hmm. to put it here because we'll get a fine. So I think it's interesting based on, you know, where you are. Yeah, yeah I do know definitely agree with that. Oh. Okay. No, I was just Sorry. saying I, I agree with it. It's it's heavily dependent on probably where you live because I, I grew up in Michigan too. I was born and raised in Detroit and I never saw recycling bins until I moved to probably Los Angeles. So I think it's like really dependent on, I guess, the culture of where you are, you know. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with, I guess, the environment. If you think about, you know, somebody who's, that's kind of thinking where the next mill is going to come from, they're not really worried about recycling or global warming, you know. So I think that kind of impacts it a lot as well. Right. And so both of y'all grew up in the same state and you still experience, you know, a different culture around what recycling was. And a couple of years ago when I was, or not a couple of years ago, this past year when I was serving my term as a VISTA, one of my close friends, she's born here, grew up here just like I have. And her whole perception of recycling is different. Her, from the time she was born, she was taught this is what you do with your excess or you don't produce excess. She was always taught the impact that, you know, that had on the environment. But right down the street, I had no idea about that. Or, like, I'll have other friends who may know where you could take your cans and things to go recycle them, but if you don't grow up in the same neighborhood as them or you don't have that same information as them, you don't. No. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I grew up in a conservative neighborhood, and um, recycling wasn't really a thing that I grew up with either. Um, and it wasn't really something that we just we didn't think about it, you know. And so then I moved to Little Rock, and I'm around people who, for the first time, think about recycling 24/7, you know, um, especially um, some of my classmates. So. Um, it's it's different and it's like a culture shift and I'm still getting used to it and I'm trying to make more attempts to recycle than I used to, but I didn't grow up, you know, thinking that recycling was like super important, you know, even though it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you guys say that you, Clay, you kind of answered, but would you guys say that you do do things to positively affect the environment or would you say that you just kind of go about your daily life? Like I know me that I do certain things, but I don't recycle. And even when I go to my mom's, my mom and dad's house, they would kind of dig stuff out of the trash that I would throw away on accident and go recycle it. So I'm very guilty. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. Yeah. Oh, go on, Clay. Oh, I mean, I really don't. I really don't go out of my way to recycle or do things that are environmentally friendly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I really wish I I did that too. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I did too. (laughs) For me, it's it's kind of a convenience thing. Mm-hmm. When I'm taking out the mm-hmm. trash, I see a recycling bin. I'm like, you know, I might as well, you know, recycle. But you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to make sure that this aluminum can gets into, you know, recycling bin two blocks away. So maybe that's just right. My apartment complex. When I first moved out here, I had never seen a big recycling bin before. Recycling had never been an option anywhere where I've lived before. So when I first moved out here. And I saw a recycling bin. I was like, great, now I can be a responsible adult and start separating out my recycling. And we got uh, the complex got bought out by new managers, and they decided that it wasn't aesthetically pleasing to have the recycling bin there. And so now it's gone. So when it was, uh, like you, Norville, when it was easy for me, I I did it. I adjusted my life to be able to recycle because I was excited to be able to make that kind of contribution. But and they just took it away, and I had no idea where I would go to take recycling now. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. When you think of like the environment and stuff, do you think of it as like? You know, when it comes to things like fashion and stuff like that, I think that. I know me, sometimes when I'm shopping and I see those, like, little eco-friendly lip balms and stuff, I'll buy them just because I think that they're cool. (laughs) So when things say they're environmentally eco-friendly, do you tend to kind of buy them more? Um, Not really. I just, I haven't, I haven't jumped on the environmentally friendly wagon yet. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I, I really appreciate people who do and use, you know, people who use reusable grocery bags and, um, you know, they they use, like, thrifty clothing and, you know, they, they create their own looks and stuff like that from clothes that have been used before. And I really think that's amazing. It's just, I don't know, I just haven't got around to incorporating that into my, my daily routine or anything. Yeah, same here. I, I, I'm not even going to take the time out to read something to see if it's environmentally friendly. I'm just a lazy consumer, and I strictly shop yeah. for the convenience. <laughs> I do hate shopping in general, though, so I feel like that cuts out <laughs> on my carbon footprint just because I will avoid shopping at all costs. If I can. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I'm all Amazon. <laughs> I have a question. So, yeah. here in California, they've done away with, I mean, charging 10 cents at the grocery stores for a plastic bag if you don't bring your own reusable bags. And I'm terrible. I go into the grocery store empty handed every time. I'm of like a spontaneous <laughs> shopper, you know, like I need to go to the grocery store. So I never have grocery bags. Is that something that's spreading across the country? Because I think it's getting, you know, larger with some of the larger grocery chains. Mm, 
Yeah, I've definitely seen those. Even at stores like PJ Maxx and stuff, my granny, every time she goes to the store, she will buy a different reusable bag. She won't go in there with the same bag, but she'll buy another one just because she likes to collect them. And Mm -hmm. they have them at, like, the grocery stores here, the Kroger in my neighborhood. Both of them have reusable bags, but I always forget and I'm I'm not the kind of person I would have more reusable bags just under the sink. And then I feel like those plastic bags serve multiple purposes, you know. They're trash bags when you need them. They store things, you know. <laughs> you need those. Yeah, that's a yeah. thing for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I it's definitely know. catching on here. It's not a norm though. I think I'll see people with them, but I think those are more so the people who are really concerned about the environment because we still go to Walmart mm-hmm. and everything and we get plastic yeah. bags. I don't even see paper bags anymore like you used to. It's everything right. plastic unless you bring your own. So in California, they kind of deter you from spending money on, well, they're trying to deter you from getting the plastic bags because they charge you for them like 10 cents. And, you know, I'm still yeah. like, you know, whatever, it's 10 cents, I'm going to make it rain, give me 20 bags, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> funny. Yeah. I, I yeah, know they're a dollar here. here. <laughs> Are they, yeah, I, I don't even know if I've ever bought them, but I know when I've traveled, um, especially over in Europe. I mean, I can't speak for Europe as a whole, but like specifically when I've grocery shopped in like Holland or Paris, um, like those types of places at the grocery stores, um, they don't even have plastic bags as an option. You either have to bring all your own reusable eco-friendly bags or when you're in line, if you don't have a bag with you, they charge you 50 cents per bag that you need and you have to buy them. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't an option. Uh, yeah, that's how it was this summer when I was in England. And I did – I had to, like – I never did bring my own bag. And I even – I would buy bags every single time I went to the grocery <laughs> store, even though I had, you know, five or ten bags back at home. And I never brought them with me, you know. So, yeah, I definitely saw that in England. And um, so I think I think it it is – I'm more used to it, I think, in Europe than – Probably United States. Yeah. So, what types of things, since you're over in California, what types of things do they do that seems, because I know California is kind of more into the environment and those types of things. What types of things do they do there? And your experience from, you know, living in different places, do they do a little differently that you've seen? So the the bags thing was different for sure because, you know, they just give you bags for free anywhere I've ever lived when you're grocery shopping or went to the store or something like that. And I think recycling bins are kind of like a norm. You know, again, I've, I've lived in, you know, ton of different states and everywhere I've lived, it's, it's not the norm. You know, you kind of have to go out your way to recycle. So I feel like California is kind of like the front runner when it comes to being eco-friendly. And I think it's a big part of the culture here. I feel like there's milestones that you have to hit from an environment-friendly standpoint. Like 
geographically, it just doesn't make sense. Like California, I feel like people here have a lot less to worry about so they can spend more time focusing on, you know, eco-friendly types of things where if you go to kind of like a poverty-stricken neighborhood, you know, most of the community is not really worried about, you know, recycling. And I think that's something that we probably need to work on as, you know, as a country. I definitely agree. And one thing, too, that I wanted to ask is, I I think I ask this a lot, but it's a fact that millennials are really into things that are trendy. So do you think, say, that a lot of people do these types of environmental, environmentally friendly acts because they feel like it's cool or trendy, or is it that they're really concerned about the planet? I think it's more of the trend because if it was more, I don't know, if it required more of a sacrifice or like Norvell was saying, they they have less to worry about in California, so they are freer to like think of things like environmental change and climate change. But if you really had to go outside of your comfort zone or maybe limit yourself on something, I don't. I don't think that. I, I don't know. I just don't see that them that being a trend sacrifice. Because if we really wanted to get into changing the environment, the meat industry and like the methane gas produced by cow farms that is really detrimental to the environment. But I don't want to give up steak. And no. there are plenty of people. <laughs> That's not going to be a trend. Giving up giving up things is not a trend for millennials. We're um, <laughs> we like things. <laughs> I agree that it's a trend right now. I think, and I like. I literally read an article about this today, saying that like upcycled home decor, reusable grocery bags, thrifted clothing—they're all like trending topics right now. Um, and I think that millennials have really hopped on to it right now. And I think it's just what we're obsessed with right now at the moment. Um, I don't really include myself in that group, but um, yeah, definitely millennials as a whole. Definitely. Yeah, definitely a trend for sure. And I'm definitely not with that trend. Again, it's a convenience thing for me, but you know, Mm -hmm. Things like recycled cups. Like I don't want to drink out of a cup that somebody else, a thousand other people drink drink out of. You know, right. I really get a brand new one, and I know that's bad. <laughs> I like the toilet paper, recycled toilet paper, and just stuff like that. Like just yes. like the fresh and new. You know, brand new. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. That's for me. And like cloth diapers. I think that's so gross. No offense. <laughs> 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 I don't understand it. (laughs) Like, even the straws thing is starting to get to me because I don't want to put my mouth on a restaurant cup. I don't trust them to wash their dishes well. I barely want to eat with the silverware at restaurants. So I I feel like the least I could have is a straw. Just let me have my straw. I'm really iffy about putting my mouth on stuff other people's mouths and 
go on. That's weird to me. I haven't gotten over that yet. <laughs> yeah, we do plastic silverware everywhere we go. Plastic utensils everywhere. <laughs> I have to start bringing my own. <laughs> <laughs> I start learning to eat with chopsticks. I wish I was that coordinated. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Yeah, now I'm just thinking about, you know, going to a restaurant and, like, wondering how well they cleaned it. And, like, I just don't want to, like, put my mouth on it. Like, I wouldn't lick a plate. Why am I going to lick a glass? It's just gross to me. And I'm all about the environment, but there's just some things that I'm not willing to compromise on. So uh, it looks like it's actually time for us to go ahead and take a break. So um, if you have any questions or comments uh, about the environment for the team, give us a call, 917-889-8078. CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. It's not just cliche. It's more than a slogan. It's our identity as America's voice for championing important causes and issues like reading literacy. Host and producer Joanne Burrow tackles this issue in a number of ways on her show, Read, Read, Read. The first and third Saturday of each month, 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time. Read, Read, Read is more than a program. It is an initiative started by Ms. Burrell to attack the problem of reading literacy and reading proficiency with the ultimate goal of expanding the program to include mentors to help students with not only reading skills, but also life skills. She also invites interesting guests to come on her program to discuss their challenges with reading as well as their joy and appreciation of reading. Some of the guests are authors who discuss their books and offer their insight into the importance of reading and being good readers. Join Joanne the first and third Saturday of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time for Read, Read, Read exclusively on your network for causes, issues, and life empowerment, the CWR Talk Network. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like fighting domestic violence. Domestic violence survivor Shereen Rice discusses how domestic violence affects all of us on her show, Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. Shereen interviews other survivors of domestic violence who share their very personal experiences in hopes of encouraging listeners who may be undergoing domestic violence to get out of that dangerous situation and how they may do that in order to avoid the dangerous consequences if they don't. Join Shireen and her guests every second and fourth Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern 
8 p.m. Central Time, exclusively on the CWR Talk Network. witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I do want to remind our listeners that we do have the lines open. If you have any questions or comments, give us a call, 917-889-8078. And before we left off, we were kind of speaking about the things that we do that may or may not be environmentally friendly and what we're willing to um, kind of go without to help the environment. So did anyone have anything that they wanted to kind of add about maybe something that we do or don't do or what we would be willing to kind of sacrifice? I mean, I feel like millennials really care about traveling, you know? Like I feel like I get on an Instagram all the time and I see – um, a lot of my friends and fellow millennials upload pictures, you know, from around the world. So I feel like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of millennials like to travel a lot. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons um, maybe some of them want to preserve it. Um, so it's kind of ironic. I know it's like I like to travel too, but like I have taken a lot of steps to actually preserve the world that I enjoy traveling so much. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. And somebody, somebody, uh, a comedian, talked about how his mom is like an ambassador for whatever country they're from for the environment, but she has to take planes to all of her meetings. <laughs> So it's like you're advocating for the environment, but you still have to fly to all these different places. It is, it's like one of those things that is hard to get around, though. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it really is. I never looked at it like that. We want to act like we're a certain way and then we're flying everywhere. And I'm guilty of it. I fly a lot, you know, for family things and work things and and personal stuff. And I know that even when you get to a place where you could easily drive, it just takes so long that sometimes it's cheaper and easier just to fly, even though it's pretty terrible for the environment. <laughs> Yeah. I was reading an article that said, you know, millennials being savvy like we are, um, we tend to like to leverage kind of our power collectively to solve global problems. But they also did a study that um, even though we're considered the most sustainability-minded generation, we're also one of the least likely to participate in simple daily actions that actually promote sustainability. So I know that we kind of talked about us personally that we don't necessarily do those things. Do you think that we are a representation of a lot of our generation, or do you think we're just we just happen to be similar in that respect? Um, I, think, I think it's pretty diverse because I've been in class just just judging from my cohort. Like, although there may be people like me who aren't going to think to just throw something away, there are other colleagues that will be like, hey, no, don't do that. That goes in the recycling. <laughs> there, it's like a healthy mix of people who, and, like, we're we're those of us who aren't consciously thinking of it all the time, we're willing to change our behavior, but we need to be constantly reminded because of the convenience aspect. I just see a trash can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the same in my class, though, because you do have the people who are very environmentally conscious, and they're constantly, like someone today even, I was throwing away stuff in the regular garbage, and the recycling bin was like right next to it, and I was just putting everything in the in the garbage bin, and she was like, you need to use the recycling bin because a lot of that could be recycled and I was just like well I'm in a hurry I'm just like putting it where I can and because I have to be somewhere you know so Mm -hmm. um, definitely I appreciate the people in my cohort who are environmentally friendly um, and they think about every single issue through that lens and I think it's really cool Yeah, I feel like most of us would have to, you know, kind of take that leap to be a little bit more eco-friendly before it really starts taking. I feel like there's, like, pockets of our generation that are really eco-friendly and other pockets that really don't care at all, global warming, what, you know, and then there's other people that are kind of, like, in the middle can go either way. I think that would be me. I I wouldn't mind, you know, being a little bit more eco-friendly and recycling and those types of things, but... I feel like just me, I don't I don't have a huge impact. It will have to take, you know, our entire generation recycling to really make an impact. So if everybody was doing it, I hate to say it, you know, I'll have to follow that trend. But I don't think that's the case right now. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I know me when I'm throwing something away, if I see that there's a recycling area, you know, for your bottles or whatever, I'll I'll use it but I don't go out of my way to find it or I'm not going to hold on to a bottle because 
I can't find a recycling area or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a lot. Um, I was in New Orleans, I think maybe about a month ago or a month and a half ago, and they have those cycling um, stations kind of all over the place. But I noticed that they get so full that people just don't even pay attention to what they put in there anyway. I saw all kinds of stuff in the recycling. I saw all kinds of stuff in the garbage. It was just kind of another trash receptacle for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I think that we would kind of, in order to have to have it take off, we would have to have kind of more people doing it, like you said. Yeah. Hey, everybody, can y'all hear me right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt like a wrestler in a tag team match waiting to get in. Tag me. Real quick, I, 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 great conversation, by the way, everybody. You know, it, sound, it seemed like uh, been, the discussion just been on um, uh, how can we contribute to you know, um, pretty much slowing down the process of global warming and doing a bunch of recycling. But question, I want to ask, what about, uh, how y'all, what do y'all feel about um, environmental factors that uh, leave people um, in uh, bad situations? Like, uh, for instance, uh, I know we talked about uh, neighborhoods and uh, being from different areas and because we're from these different areas uh, in, in these different neighborhoods, we have different information when it comes to uh, the environment. In one neighborhood, somebody recycling may be a thing. In another neighborhood, it may be different. But in the low-income areas, like uh, the down in, in Louisiana, when they faced the uh, Hurricane Katrina, you know, it, it seemed to be that that environment – uh, at the time, was not getting the same attention as uh, areas of higher income. And so, my question, my question is to you: Is uh, is there some type of like environmental um, racism that plays a part when uh, situations like uh, hurricane? That happened, Hurricane Katrina that happened in Louisiana, or even even more recent, like 2014, Flint, Michigan, the whole water crisis. You know uh, what's going on in there? Uh, do y'all think that is um, even in it existence? actually wasn't going on. It's still a problem. Oh, it's still happening. <laughs> it Flint, is still right? a problem. Yeah, and that is why. Happening. And I don't mean. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you by any means, but for oh no, me, no, I'm no, this is a discussion. Just, talk. I'm from just outside of Flint. And so when people want to talk about, oh, U.S. has this problem, U.S. has this problem, U.S. has this problem, I, like, I, it's not that I don't care or I tune it out, but I think about Flint and I think about what's going mm-hmm. on there. And we're so worried about all these other things, but we have an entire community of people mm-hmm. who have irreversible damage and who are poisoned. And the government right. is still not providing them with clean water. And for me, it's infuriating. It's so infuriating to me and I know when I got to visit my parents it is so sad and unreal that when we listen to the news they have a segment on the news that tells them people where they can go and pick up clean water bottles mm. see like hearing stuff like that it just lets me know that 
the system understands that, all right, these people over here are suffering, you know, but they will allow that suffrage to continue, but for what reason? Why Why do we think that suffrage is, is even uh, happening or allowed to continue? There's no, well, there's absolutely no excuse. Yeah, it's yeah, not at all, me, and it's definitely, oh, go ahead, Clay. <laughs> yeah, for me, like, what comes to mind is Puerto Rico, Right now, and um, mm, that's a nice for, one. For some reason, for some reason, you know, the hurricane hit there, and yet I feel like the federal government still has not taken enough action there. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Puerto Rico doesn't have any representation in Congress, so they don't really have a real voice, and so therefore the federal government isn't really accountable um, to answering Puerto Rico's, you know, issues that they're they're running into. Um, the president has downgraded the number of deaths that have occurred in Puerto Rico. He said maybe, what, 60 or 70 deaths occurred there, when in reality it was at least over 2,000 people who lost their lives. So, um, yeah, I think it's because, uh, you know, these people aren't getting any attention because they really don't have a voice when it comes to the federal government, and they're not even represented in Congress. But, yes, Mm -hmm. they are – you know, they're, they're under the U.S.'s federal laws, you know, and they still have to obey those laws and pay taxes um, to the U.S. federal government. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one of the factors, definitely, that they just don't have a voice. So, de- therefore, this population isn't relevant, you know, to, to even get our help, you know. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a question. So, in Flint, in Flint are, are the residents there still – um, to pay responsible to pay water bills, even though that they know their water is yes. a bunch of toxins. Yes, yes, and I was watching something recently. Wow. Their water bills are like as high as seven hundred dollars a month. Like they still have to pay wow. for sludge coming out of their pipes. Water. Yeah. And, oh, oh and, and there are thirty other cities with with water qualities just as bad as Flint. It's wow. not right. Right. Don't get right. Flint, Flint is not the only there. one. Exactly. I think that. Yeah, that was the I point mean, I was trying to make earlier. No, that's that's that was the point the I was one. trying to make earlier. Like, <laughs> you think someone in Flint cares about recycling? Like, they're trying right. to get clean water, and I don't care yeah. about you know global warming. You know, so that's that's the point I was trying to make earlier. I think it's levels where you know. Uh, the incomes are much higher, you know, here in Hollywood or something like that. People are all about, you know, using recycled cups. But, you know, somebody in Flint that's just trying to get clean water could care less mm-hmm. about throwing an aluminum can, you know, in a recycling bin. Agreed. They have designated mm-hmm. pickup areas that they announce on the news where people can go pick up. And then they also have delivery that will deliver to the neighborhoods where people can go to a designated area within the neighborhood to get water. I could be off base by it with it, but I feel like the media is partially to blame because they we should be informed about these things, and these are the types of things that we as a group should be upset about, but yet we're worried about um, what Kim Kardashian ate for dinner or, you know, like really stupid mm-hmm. things that have no importance whatsoever to the well-being of people but yet we have people in our own country our our own people that are suffering and they're just kind of kicked to the curb like they're unimportant 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, that part. and and the thing the thing about that is that we we can see that. We all can see that all right, it's people right here in our own country that can benefit from the resources that the government surely can provide and assist them with. However, why is it then that instead of fixing homes, you see them out in different in other countries trying to help people when the same situation is right here? Because it's for, you know, social media. It's for likes. It's for attention. Mm-hmm. And that's that same thing mm-hmm. in classes when we're talking about entertainment. I don't care about, you know, Kanye West. I'm, you know, worried about the water crisis in Flint, you know, but it's like the majority of our generation are spending their time and money worrying about something that doesn't even matter. That's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, Do you guys right. think that – oh, go ahead. Oh, and I was going. I was just going to name, name another place that I came across uh, uh, as a crisis, as uh, uh, another uh, low low income community, uh, black community. Ninety percent of the people here in Union. It was Uniontown, Alabama, and their their situation is is even more uh, malicious than. Um, the one that's going on in Flint with their water and their air and the fact that they, their city is pretty much like the human waste field. That's what they describe mm-hmm. it, you know. All all of the garbage and trash is burned there. One person was describing how it's like this big old swamp that is um that all the human feces go into and then a pump pumps the water out and like sprays it across this grass grassland and what they what the idea was that the grassland was supposed to like uh take that water and it goes into the soil and it like gets uh, recycled through through the water process mm-hmm. but what they what they're seeing is that 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 land that that water is being sprayed on is pretty much like uh uh, clay, you know, so it's not sit. It, the water is not going down into the soil. It's just sitting, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on top, you know. And the people were just like really fed up and, and really complaining about how they're being treated in that area, you know. And it's like, wow, right here in our face, uh, these things are happening and nothing is being done about it. Mm-hmm. And the cause of that is, you know. Millennials not you know using recyclable cups. That's big corporations, private-owned utilities. That's you know using things in excess and not really caring about the mm-hmm. environment. So I think we need to hold them accountable as well. Who oh, the millennials? No, not the millennials. These big corporations that pollute the environment and people's communities. It's privately-owned utilities. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they're all just trying to make a dollar. Exactly. It's just about money. um, There was a documentary on Netflix, and I can't remember what one it was, but maybe one of y'all saw it. And they were interviewing a woman, and it was some town, but they had a, um, I think it was like a chicken, like a big chicken corporation or something that they were distributing. But in the small town, it was a bunch of, um, kind of lower income people and the whole town had been, they had some type of poisoning from the air from what they were fertilizing the grass with or something. I can't remember. This wasn't a documentary. This was a movie. This was in Cali, wasn't it? 
I can't remember. But you know what I'm talking about. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah. What was she was she a, was she like a, a legal aide or something? She might have been. Uh, no, see, you're thinking a, of Aaron Brockovich. No. Oh, this was like a chicken oh, corporation oh. or something. They were like fertilizing <laughs> grass and it was something that they were feeding the animals to fatten the animals up. Mm. Um, so oh, that they could okay. slaughter them for food. But whatever oh, they were wow. feeding the animals was actually getting into the getting environment in. around it. And all these people that were living around this area were actually getting sick. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah, a lot of communities were yeah, pushing back uh, for the same thing when they were uh, fracking certain communities. And these people don't for, even uh, want to like, they don't even want to pay they don't even want to reimburse these people on like their doctor bills or uh, mm-hmm. the, the illnesses that occur from these things. They like uh, it's, it's not our problem. Like, you're mm-hmm. the cause of it. Your company, what you were you working for? How will you want to? How do you know you made a mess? And uh, then disrupt the situation, but you don't want to stand and uh, stand up and take responsibility for your actions. It's about money, man. It's greed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it comes down to. There's no money yeah. in the solution. It's in like pretending you're fixing the problem. But if they actually fix the pipes, how are they gonna sell all this water? How are they gonna charge all this money for the water bills? How are they going to do yeah. all of this unless <laughs> if they fix the problem? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, guys, it went by really quick, but we actually have to take another commercial break. So if we have anyone listening with any questions or comments that want to call in and join the discussion, uh, 917-889-8078. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like social justice. This is one of the main objectives of Donnell Edwards' viewpoint. 
Janelle discusses issues like the pervasive racism engulfing our country with an ongoing series entitled Race in America. In addition, Donnell features expert guests who provide information about the school-to-prison pipeline, the prison commercial complex, the inequities in public schools, the epidemic of young unarmed black men being killed by police, and much more. Donnell makes it his mission in life to focus attention on the causes and issues that are ignored by the mainstream media. So listen to Donnell Edwards' viewpoint every Monday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, only on the CWR Talk Network, your causes, issues, and life empowerment network. CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group, gender-wise and racially, that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, I guess this is our last part of the segment. Tonight's gone by kind of quick, but if we do have any callers, remember that you can always give us a call, 917-889-8078. And I guess if nobody had anything else to, did anyone have anything else to add to what we were talking about before break? No, no, let's keep it moving. (laughs) Okay, because I did have kind of a question that goes a little in hand with what you spoke about, Malcolm, but I wanted to kind of get everybody's opinion on um, how politics plays a part of it, because when I think about the thinking about in respect to Flint or Hurricane Katrina, these were both things that were essentially caused by the government. And at the time, you know, we had a a Democratic president in some of these instances. We had a Republican president in some of these instances as well. Um, So I wanted to see how you guys think or if you think that politics kind of plays a part of it. And if you think because of the fact that the government may have dropped the ball on a few of these things, if that is why maybe they're not receiving the media attention that they should. kind of a loaded question. Yeah, good question. I think uh, if if you ask me, I think it goes back to what I've spoken of before, how this system is a racist system, and it it is not by just chance that things happen in this system. You know, I don't believe that uh, 
uh, we wake up and, oh, it just so happens to these group of people. No, I believe that uh, everything is very well thought out and calculated, you know. So uh, the system understands who is being uh, mistreated and who is being uh, uh, receiving injustice and is going to uh, continue to do as uh, it may until, you know, the people come together and uh, uh, put forth a justice. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, a lot of this is based on people's, I guess, their own inner demons, I want to say. Because think Mm -hmm. of it from this perspective. If, you know, um, if your own family was living in these communities that were poisoned, wouldn't you want to do something about it and ensure that, you know, they're safe? But I think the, the issue and the reality is that, you know, the people that are in power that are, you know, the shot callers and making these decisions to, you know, either do the wrong thing or the right thing, they're not impacted by it at all. You know, Flint, for example, mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, a very African-American or very black city. And I think the people that were in power uh, were not represented and uh, they didn't really care that the pipes were the way they were. So it didn't really impact them to make a call like that. But if it was the other way around and their families lived in Flint, were impacted by this, I think they would have done the right thing. Uh, I I definitely agree. I think that even with our politicians, regardless of party, I think that they are going to put themselves first and foremost, and if it doesn't directly impact them, I don't think that a lot of people, I don't want to say care, but they're not maybe going to do exactly what they should be doing if it's not directly affecting them. I know with Flint, I hate to keep bringing up Flint, but it hits too close to home, but I know what I think is crazy with Flint is they knew exactly what they were doing because they kept the auto plants on the other water system because it was corroding their batteries and when they mm-hmm. are corroding their parts. And when you know that this is corroding your parts and you have to change the water for these plants, but you neglect to do it for the rest of the community. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't really talk yourself out of what you did. I mean, it's right. pretty black and white there. I mean, there's no middle. Yeah. And it was all it was all to save money, though, right, Kali? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If they switched the water systems over. Mm-hmm. But then, okay. even if you look at it, like in the in the um, what was that? The Keystone Pipeline context, where they were going to put that, where they wanted to put the pipe through that water that belonged to the indigenous population and that was so strategic because the white population where they initially initially surveyed said they didn't want it there and then there was a public fight against another community who was disenfranchised who doesn't again have that voice to be able to be like no we don't want it here and we all saw what happened there if you saw because the media definitely didn't let that one out a lot. And they were shot with the rubber bullets. They were whole. They were treated horribly because they wanted to protect their own areas. But wow. the white community could just say, we don't want this here. And it was just, yeah. it was that easy for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, which state was that in? I believe it was North Dakota. North Dakota? Okay. Wow. 
this is where yeah. we had yeah. all the celebrities and stuff get involved, right? Mm-hmm. Andrea. Uh-huh. Okay. And I think even, didn't Bill Cosby have, he, I think he started part of that, too, the protesting and the, like, bringing awareness to it and stuff like that. I think I read, huh? I don't know. Me wrong, don't quote me on that. But he did do something with some environmental projects and brought a lot of light to stuff as well. So, well, guys, we are starting to run out of time. So, does anybody do anything exciting for Halloween? No, I'm still looking for a costume for my child, so this should be fine. Definitely not. Yeah, I don't um, be at the house. No celebration of it. There's too many scary things in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. I just want to eat all her candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably the only thing I like about Halloween is candy. <laughs> How old is your daughter, Chandra? Oh, she's seven. Oh, okay, cool, cool. All right, well, we'll go ahead and remind all of our listeners that since next week actually does fall on Halloween, uh, we are not going to have a show next week, but we will be back on the 7th, which is the day after midterm. So we're going to talk about millennials and politics during that week, which should be a fun discussion. As always, you can catch up on our past shows. (laughs) Yeah. You can always catch up on past shows at blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Does anyone have anything else that they want to mention before we log off? Make sure you vote. Yeah, please go vote. Yes. Don't think it doesn't matter. They would try to close down polling stations and go through all of this trouble if our voices and our votes did not matter. Please get out and vote. Agreed. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, well, everyone have a fun and safe Halloween, and we will be back on the 7th. All right. Bye. Good night, guys.